we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast with me, Sam Walker, speaking to you from Arizona, where it's still four billion degrees despite being October. And of course, our great leader, Simone Roche, in Liverpool, where it's still what about two degrees, even though it was that all over the summer as well. (laughs) Yeah, 14 degrees, probably something like that. But yeah, actually, to be honest, it is. It's a quite a balmy October. I don't mind saying, or, or maybe, maybe I'm just feeling totally balmy, or <laughs> the world has gone balmy. I don't know, Sam. Something like that. It's about to say, yeah. It's all just insane. Now you have been at an online conference last week, weren't you, for the local Liverpool region, which had the most brilliant title for one of the sessions. Please explain. Oh, do you know what? So it's something called the Good Business Festival. Um, the precursor to this event was the International Festival for Business, of which we 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 sort of uh, that was where like Northern Power Women was born, if you like, or the, yeah. the concept of Northern Power Women. Anyway, this year it's kind of reinvented itself um, as a good the the Good Business Festival, and it's all about um, purpose purposeful business so it really resonated and you know we're doing some work with them for act two which is going to be in the new year Mm -hmm. so this was act one last week and the the brilliant thing was the opening video uh, and the opening session was called WTF has happened, <laughs> you know, and and, 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 it, and it was, and it was, you know, and I love the fact that it, you know, it wasn't sort of the traditional, um, you know, just say, t- say the same thing, say the same thing, you know. Buttoned um, up, yeah. Yeah, re- you know, not just recycling that the same people. Are. Obviously, it was virtual, uh, but this is an event, you know, we've talked about events in the events industry before. They've they've kind of gone round and round. They were going to go live and then it changed. Then we, we've had to do more of a TV studio affair and whatever, but really great, you know, really sort of the whole premise of this event was to really um, have the conversations, not to be afraid to have some of the difficult conversations, you know. So, what, you know, it was never waste a crisis, you know, COVID has created an opportunity we can't right. miss on this. Um, but And that was the big message about not wasting the moment. And um, Thomasina Myers, um, who is the co-founder of Oaxaca, um, yes. sort of really great brand. She was a lexicon of sound bites, you know, very much about talking in dark times. Um, you've got to really look at what you're doing and what mm. is your purpose, what gets you out of bed. Anything that encourages businesses to do the best has got to be um, a good thing. But very much around, more than ever, it's up to businesses to be the leader. 
Um, you know, uh, so just some really great things that, you know, was saying that that highly quotable uh, content that was going on um, in there. But yeah, it was it was it was good. It was. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not normally a great delegate, uh, if I'm honest with you, because uh, mm. you're always but uh, I had it on the side of my desk um, for m- most of the day. And it was it was good. But actually, it was just great to hear different businesses. It was not having the suited environment that we're used to and some kind of awkward, you know, awkward conversations happening um, as well. You know, big brands represented as well as some really good purposeful organisations as well. Right. So, yeah, no, it's good. So I think you can go back and, and watch him. But, yeah, it was a good business festival and Act Two uh, comes in March, God willing. <laughs> Well, quite. Yes, exactly. Who knows really what next year is going to bring? I think the more, the, the further down the road we get, the more we realise, the less we know in a way. Um, look, you've talked there about harnessing opportunities. And this is a time when, you know, so many people have pivoted successfully. Look at this podcast. We were a monthly recorded live in a big event space podcast and we pivoted to be a, a remotely recorded weekly podcast instead but we do also have to really recognize that there are times are coming that are going to be incredibly difficult and especially for young people because there is a lot of concern about redundancies with young people yeah talking to one of my team as well last week you know we were just checking in and uh, and she said you know this is happening now you know three of my friends have just been made redundant and and it's she used the word which really resonated which is just a real whispering there's a real whispering of this happening that's mm. only going to get louder mm. and there's you know that real concern uh, as to will you go next and you know how on earth do you find that that next role and I'm going to have to obviously compromise for doing something that I don't want to do and you know but but a real sense of of worry we've obviously seen everything happening with the students um, in um, as they've gone back to uni and, yeah. and stuff like that being isolated and that but but this real whispering and I'm I'm definitely getting a sense of things coming close to home that maybe um, I was fortunate enough not not to have around me um, in that first part of lockdown but um, looking on social media and in whatsapp groups and you know um, and, and deaths and and people being infected and uh, you know people struggling in 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 different in different ways whether through through covid mental health and i'm just finding it it's coming a lot closer um mm-hmm. which i think i i, I probably I, I absolutely expected this to be more impacted of through the first part uh, for the through the first lockdown but really feeling like it's coming um close to home uh, anywhere everyone i speak to now there's either a relative or an employee or something that this is massively impacted on, like whether it be redundancy, whether it be the virus. But yeah, life-changing stuff. And I think mm. as the the dark nights come in, I think this is now more than ever why that we have to kind of look out for each other and, and why we have to support each other, um, I think is, is, is massively important. Extraordinary story that was on National Public Radio here in the States last week, uh, NPR. And it was all to do with dentists. And so many dentists were being interviewed about the fact they're busier than ever during the pandemic. And you think, what? Why is a dentist so busy in the pandemic? Is it because people are working from home, so have the time to schedule in appointments when previously they maybe were too busy or too busy on a, on a motorway or on a train commuting? No, the reason dentists are so busy is they are dealing with an unprecedented amount of broken teeth because wow. people are literally 
gnashing and grinding their teeth with the stress of what we're all going through that it's resulting in loads and loads of dental injuries. And I found that so telling. And it's these stories now, as you said, that are starting to come through and you go, goodness me, this is affecting us in in so many more ways than we actually realise. So that I thought was incredible. Well, that is interesting because in my days when I was in the Royal Navy, I subspecialized to be in a traffic controller, um, which always seems yeah. a bit ironic when you're in the Royal Navy. Uh, traffic, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I did. But, you know, that was it is one of the most stressful jobs um, in the world. You you say left or right um, yeah. at the wrong time and somebody dies. Right. You know, and um, I used to grind my teeth. And ultimately, when I a few years later, I ended up having to get an adult brace because I'd, I'd ground my teeth and my teeth had kind of moved. Gosh. And that all, you know, so it's, 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 it's interesting. You don't think that mm. that's what happens. And it was, it was in my sleep, in my sleep that that happened. But yeah, that's, gosh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of my, you know, our good friends is a dentist and he as well has said it is, it's, it's so, so, so busy. Uh, you know, and, and the worry is, is the things that they're treating now, they're busy with emergencies. What's happening to all those people, like all of us that aren't, managing their mouth care if you like and their teeth care right now because it's not an emergency they're mm. going to become emergencies but yeah who'd have thought we'd be talking about dentistry on the I northern know. power women right. podcast good for your career and your life absolutely <laughs> <And> your smile <laughs> i wanted to talk about unpaid work shifts because you were discussing there about young people and redundancies and how young people are particularly vulnerable to redundancy right now And there was an interesting campaign that's been launched by a young woman from Glasgow called Ellen Reynolds. Uh, She's just 19 and she's begun this campaign to try and ban all unpaid work trials because I've heard this story, as I know you will have time and time again, about companies who take young people and it's usually the service industry, waiting, waitressing, uh, you know, pot washing, busing, you know, that sort of thing in uh, in the service industry, hospitality industry, perhaps chambermaiding, that, that kind of story. And they say, oh, we need to find out whether you're any good. So they say, come and do a full shift as your, quote, trial for this job. And so they get these young people in. They work five, six, seven, eight hour full shift. They have to buy the uniform, as this young woman did. She had to buy a shirt and trousers that matched the uniform of this restaurant she was doing her shift in. Worked five hours, did a full shift and a full day's work in terms of the sort of thing she was being asked to do. She wasn't shadowing. She was actually doing the job. And at the end, they went, thanks very much, we'll let you know. And of course, they're never here again. And then the next week, they get 10 more young people in. And the week after that, 10 more young people. And this is something I covered when I was on the BBC, actually, years ago. And it's still going on. And I just think this needs to stop. I mean, this young woman actually is very aware. And she said, look, I'm very lucky. I'm only relying on part-time work to support me while I study. But she said, and I've got the luxury if I really need help, my mum and dad can help me out. She said, but other people don't have that luxury. They cannot afford to work time and time again for free. But at the same time, they can't turn down a potential job because they need the money. And it seems that businesses, might, some businesses, obviously not all, are taking advantage of young people in this way. So I'd love to hear from you. If your business does do these unpaid work trials, what is the reasoning behind that? I mean, how many times do you do it? Because young people might apply to business A, do an unpaid day. Next week, they apply to business P, an unpaid day. And by the end of a month, they've done four full days work for no money. And it's just this churn that's going on. I want to know how big of an issue this is, essentially. 
I think that's where you can check on um, the various websites on. Is it like Green Door? Uh, is it Glassdoor? Or, Glassdoor, uh, I think it's yeah. one of Glassdoor, sorry, not Green Door. That's Shaking Stevens, isn't it? <laughs> uh, just sharing my age right there. But um, yeah, no, there's that disbalance because we've had people volunteer for us um, over over the years of Northern Power Women. Mm. Um, but then obviously we're not a, a highly, we're not a commercial kind of organisation in that respect. But even over this period where... We there was a, a scheme set up by um, um, a couple of guys um, in Leeds over lockdown called Furlontier yes. to take people who've been furloughed, getting paid by their employer uh, to to volunteer for causes and for campaigns. And um, we we connected with quite a few people over the Furlontier scheme. And one day I just happened to get them all on a call. Um, just to, you know, in the way that we do, just to check in and be, you know, just see how people are because it's I think it's, it is like we just said it's a really important thing just to keep checking in on the checkers as we, we've talked yeah. about um, and it occurred to me or didn't occur it became apparent that every single one of the nine people on my at my zoom screen in front of me had been made redundant or mm. been laid off and I'm like oh wow you know that you know and, and, but they were like oh well, we're still happy to and I'm like no 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 this is there's a real balance then because you're getting into modern day slavery and you're doing a proper job and I think the one thing I would say is to those people who found themselves in a situation you know don't feel trapped as in you're trapped there are other there's good organizations out there there are good organizations looking for good people you've got businesses who a bit like we we're saying about this this crisis you know the, the the pandemic and some people some businesses are thriving and some good businesses are growing and thriving mm. and they need people but they don't always have the chance to find them yeah. so you know so seek so seek them out we've we've found two absolutely amazing uh young women over this period philly and rasheen skills i may never have found um or, or and they now are on uh, on contracts with us and it's they're just it's just wonderful it's wonderful so i feel blessed that we would never have found them so i say to, if anyone like you know people who are getting made redundant or are being abused i think is the word mm. then then look look out there post out there um but ask for help as Let's well call because, it out. yeah yeah call it out because there's good there's good people out there who need right. who need your skills and talent and this is a great time to find that skills and talent do get in touch let us know your experiences please podcast at northernpowerwomen.com right let's march on and get some life lessons please this week who's sharing their wisdom with us we have got Amy Littlefur this week, and this is someone who has absolutely experienced the whole redundancy drama and, you know, sort of upset. So Amy is brilliant. Northeasterner, digital graphic designer, um, is just got some brilliant, brilliant life lessons for her this week. I'm Amy Littlefair and I work as a graphic designer. When have you taken a risk and what happened? During an interview for university, the lecturer asked me to explain what I thought the course was about. After hearing my explanation and career intentions, they advised me to take a similar degree which she thought would be better suited for the type of job I wanted. Only being the second person in my family to do a degree, I had little knowledge about university itself and few people to discuss my scenario with. At the time, changing from the course I had planned on doing felt like a big deal, but I'm so pleased I took the advice of the lecturers as I absolutely love the creative field I work in. What difference did having a mentor make to you? My mentor made a massive difference and I still now practice what I learned from five years ago. 
Cognitive behavioural therapy can be applied to lots of different situations in life, but at the time I focused on becoming more confident in the workplace. I found working in such a large head office pretty daunting and often felt like all eyes were on me when I walked down the large office area or canteen. Of course this wasn't actually the case and I would have known this earlier if I hadn't been looking to the ground as much. My mental helped me to work on eye contact and see that everyone was busy doing their own thing and weren't focusing on me, much to my relief. Tell us about a time you've had to be resilient. I've been faced with redundancy three times in the last three and a half years and each time it's become easier because I've learned to handle the situation, react quickly to find my next role and most importantly, not take it personally. What's one piece of advice that has really stuck with you? I was told the phrase, don't worry about it until it happens and it's still something I tell myself. We often imagine situations in advance to better prepare us but more often than not they plan out differently to how we'd ever imagined. Worrying only means you suffer twice. What advice would you pass on to someone starting their career today? I would pass on something I was told earlier in my career and that was to change where you work every few years to get the most experience possible. Each new job is a chance to be challenged, an opportunity to learn new things and a great way to make new friends. Thank you so much, Amy. Do you know what, Simone, you mentioned at the start about her experiences with redundancy and I love her attitude there. She's like, it gets easier. Three times, three yeah. times. It gets easier every time. And that's what resilience is. It is it is almost a muscle. And the more you use it, the stronger it becomes. So we're all facing knocks. We're all facing really difficult times. But remember, we're building resilience. I think that's a really important lesson we can all take from this. So thank you so much, Amy. And we'd love to hear from you. Now, you might be listening to that thinking, well, I, what have I got to say? What lessons could I share? Don't let that imposter syndrome jump into your brain. Get in touch with us. Send us an email, please. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. We'll do the rest. We'll tell you exactly how you can get involved. And please know you do have something to say and your voice really does need to be heard. So we would love to hear from you. Thank you. Um, talking of email, Simone. <laughs> the unsolicited email. Now, I'm, I'm going to choose my words a bit carefully here because I really don't want to come across as a a grumpy old sod. And I understand that people are trying to grow their businesses and reach out and find new clients in really difficult times. But let me paint you the picture. Dear Sam at What Goes On Media, we specialise in LED lighting for offices or we specialise in special automated sales bots or we specialise in uh, special modular office furniture. Please can we arrange a time for us to talk through our products with you so that we can maybe put a quote together for your company. Now, I'm crazy, crazy busy, so I ignore that email because it's not relevant to me. I've got a company where everyone works remotely. We're all over the world. We don't need LED lighting, modular furniture or a sales bot. Okay, so that I'm just like, okay, I didn't ask for this email, so I'm going to ignore it. Week or so later. Hi, Sam, I haven't heard back from you. Please, can you get in touch and let me know when there's going to be a good time? Uh, We can put something in the diary for us to discuss this. Thank you so much. I also delete that because I didn't ask for this email in the first place, so I don't have the time to start writing replies to everyone. Thank you very much indeed. Week later, I still haven't had a response from you. Please, can you do me the courtesy of replying to my request? And on it goes. And I've had four or five from some of these companies and they're getting increasingly peed off with me for not replying to them 
I didn't ask for this in the first place. And I just, what is happening? Why, why are people getting angry that I'm not replying to a request I never asked for in the first place? It's happening more and more and more. It is. And actually, before, there, there was um, a brilliant TED talk um, around on solicited email, a guy called James Veitch, um, a comedian. And he he responded to one of these that um, was a bit like, you have got 50,000 in gold doubloons coming your way. We only need the following information. So you, you, you can see those. You can see those a mile off. And, yes. um, but the, I found these are getting... Because normally you can tell by the subject, can't you? Or yeah. by that opening line or, or whatever. But they've got clever, I think. They've got, they've, they, they seem to put empathy into the start of it. So you can look at it and you won't dismiss it uh, uh, immediately or delete it immediately. And then you then you can look at it. Oh, gosh, no, that's a, it's a salesy one. I'm not. For the, but the, I've had exactly the same where I've gone really persistent. It's like old school kind of card selling yeah yeah but again with that sort of little bit of well obviously you you've been very busy as as are we but you know we've only got a limited time and you're like but but i don't know who we is and i and and so and the thing is that there's something i think though in the way it's written that instead of just doing as you would normally do and delete you're not going to kind of respond to it in a positive way but I don't know. I've left them floating a bit because I feel like I want to to craft something back, which is crazy. And I don't know why. Exactly. And it's a waste of everyone's time. And actually, if you'd done your research, you'd look at the company and realise there's no office address on there. There aren't any offices. We don't have a suite in in the central London or central Manchester or Liverpool. We're all working from home because that's what we do. So it's... It's really bizarre, but it's this growing indignation across multiple emails that how dare I be so rude as not to respond? And I'm like, but I don't want your LED lighting and I have no use for it. And actually, you're invading my inbox, so bugger off. (laughs) Maybe just go, maybe just do the James H approach and say, yes, I would like one million, but only if you can deliver by Thursday. Thank you. The end. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I'm writing my replies now. It's fabulous stuff. Uh, Do let us know as well how you have dealt with unsolicited emails that just are very, very, very persistent in your inbox. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Fabulous stuff. Well, look, there we go for another week. Thank you so, so much for listening. And don't forget, please, the next podcast is on the way for you on Monday, the 19th of October. And it is Simone going solo, but we will say no more about that now. Thank you so much. Uh, Until then, have a fantastic week. This is the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker. She is Simone Roche. And the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. (laughs) 